0: The best thing you can do, the best, the best blessing you can get in your life is to serve God first. And because it brings so much wholeness and peace and joy and abundance of every kind into your life when you put God first. Um, it's just been on my heart so much that so, as we serve the Lord, if we serve Him first and we put Him first, we don't, we don't do, and it's so easy to get our, our roles and our identity flipped out. You know what I mean? It, it, it's really easy to start seeing what we do as what we, we get out and derive our value. But you cannot and should not try and derive your value from what you do. But you know where we get that from? The world. The world tells you you are as much as you perform. And, but God doesn't do that. When you're called into the kingdom, he transfers you from the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son and, and you become a child of God and you get a new identity and, 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 and that identity and you have value completely independent of any role or any function that you fulfill. And the very first need before you fulfill any function in the church or anywhere else in the kingdom is to get grounded in your identity apart from what you can do. Because the truth is, if you don't get, ident- uh, if you don't get grounded in your identity in Him, who you are, that you are already accepted in the Beloved. That you will always be loved and accepted in the, be- in the Beloved. Yes. Amen. Yeah. Always accepted and loved. That doesn't mean that he will always be pleased with some of the stuff we do, but you will always be accepted. You will be accepted and loved as a child of God. Yes. You will always be loved, and you will never not be loved. And there's these things that you've got to, we have to, and we speak about frequently because it is such a vital part. Because if you don't know that, and you start doing something, because there's a lot of churches and religion and worldly systems that say, sorry, there's a little bit of a ring here. Um, but um, if, if, you, if you don't, if you don't, uh, uh, you, you, get your, uh, your, you get your role, you try and derive your value from your role, it really, um, it poisons the water. And it really creates this idea that, that you are only as good as your value is. And, and that, that's not true. We, we have equal value in the body of Christ. There is no, there's not male or female, it says. It says Jew or Gentile, male or female. It talks about rich people. poor. There is no higher and lower when it comes to or roles. You know, even Jesus is called our brother. There's a value system in the kingdom that we need to grasp and lay hold of. And when that becomes a heart revelation, where it becomes a belief system that's been established in your heart, then what happens is that suddenly you can serve God with the right motive. Suddenly you can give with the right motive, because suddenly you're not trying to do something for God or for somebody because you're expecting something in return. It's very devious, um, because I know that I certainly ended up in that, that rut where um, I, was, I, I felt like I had to do something to feel accepted, And it was sometimes, it was very internal, different things that I had, beliefs that I had attracted, being brought in the church, certain things that that we can look at sometimes that were taught in some, some of the religious circles that I'd come in, but made me feel like I only had value when I did something for God. But it's, I'm telling you, really, 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 really. It's very important to separate those two. From your, so let me gonna say it again. Your 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 uh, your identity in Christ has got every your value as a as a believer as a person has is completely separate from what you do. When you're when you're identified in the role, then then you can be you can step out into as a son can operate freely in the kingdom because then you're not trying to get anything, and then you become impervious to a lot of things. It's just got so many health benefits. Amen. I mean, physically, mentally, emotionally, um, it, it starts taking a lot of things. A lot of people that have been burned out have got toxic relationships. I know nobody here, like me, probably you've never had a toxic relationship with the church before. Amen. I some of you are laughing like you know what I'm talking about. But it is important, you know, and, we've, and we, we believe that here in, at Lake Haven. So uh, please don't ever know. Please know that you're, you know, even when people come and go out of Lake Haven, we've often said, and I said it, I've said it recently, you, you, if you come and go out of Lake Haven, know that our relationship with you is will never change. Karen and mine relationship If you, you don't have to be mad to leave the church. Amen. You're welcome. You're welcome to leave and go and check out another church if you want to. And you're welcome to come back if you like. You don't have to find something to be mad about. You don't. Because if you want to go and check out another church, go and check out what, if you like. If you don't feel, I know we're not everybody's flavor. I'm okay with that. You, you, you know, I, I don't know what God's doing in your heart and where He has you. But I know what God's doing in my heart and where He's called me to go, and that I have to be obedient to. And so, you know, and so I'm I'm willing to have those of you who want to join me on the journey and join Karen and I and our team and whatever. That's great, praise God. But I'm telling you, your value to me as I endeavor has got nothing to do with your role here. If you choose never to play a role here, I'm telling you, fulfilling a role in a church or playing a role in the church doesn't get you anything from me or from God. You have to you, you have to get this piece sorted in your heart that as I do I do it as unto the Lord. Yes. Otherwise, what you do is you try and get the pastor's approval or you try and get somebody to see you what you're doing. We do it at work too, right? The boss is coming, look busy. <laughs> you know, you know, we get that, that idea, like look busy, you know, but but Jesus, when we get our hearts purified by this and we know that we're loved. I don't need to do that to be loved. I can never, never be any more loved or accepted by anything I do. Let that sink in. The problem is people take that and then they say, well, I never have to do anything. Well, true, you don't. You don't have to for approval. But if you want to have rewards for doing stuff, you do. Now, I'm not talking legalism. Hebrews 11 verse uh, verse 6 says that anyone who comes to God, it's without faith, I should say, it says it's impossible to please God because anybody who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder or rewards those who seek Him. He is a rewarder. You know, be, having an opportunity to sow into God when it's with the right motive. You see, we've thrown the... There's a lot of ringing still. I don't know if you can just drop my volume or whatever. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of people that, that don't understand the difference. And I had no idea I was going to carry on with my long introduction here. Um, but, but, but hear my heart here. There are three kinds of works. And we, when we get into coming to a knowledge of grace, we throw all works out the window and say, "I'm delivered, woohoo! I don't have it. I don't have to do anything." And we say, "But that's actually not true. There are good works which we are called to do." It says in, in Ephesians chapter two, verse ten, that we have been destined and designed unto good works. There is a thing called good works that we're supposed to and actually designed and find our purpose and we find fulfillment and we find a lot of reward both now and in eternity through doing good works. But then there's also evil works. And there's also dead works. And I'm not going to talk about those. We can do that another time. But there are dead works. Dead works are those works that you're doing to try and get God to respond Dead works are the things that if you say, if I do this, then God will give me that. If I do this and this and this, then God will give me. That's dead works. If you're trying to get righteous or earn your righteousness, your right standing with God with works, that's a dead work. Because we receive by grace through faith, not by works. Lest any man should boast. And so there's a big... We can talk about works and we can talk about grace and those things, but it's important to understand this, this healthy, to have a healthy relationship with any church, you have to get this peace settled in your heart. Or otherwise, you will enter and you will do things with the wrong ra- reason, the wrong motive, no matter where you serve. No matter what you're trying. You won't actually be serving. <laughs> You'll just be working for something. You can only serve... You can only serve when you give it willingly from your heart. Yes. That's, that's what serving is. Yeah. And, it, and not giving me, by the way. Not giving the, not giving the church. You've got to be able to give as unto the Lord, willingly. And that's why God can see, even with money, it, it works like that with everything. But, uh, but even with money, it comes from a willful response. A, a, a cheerful, willing response. God loves that. Yeah. Because it's not like, oh, I'm going to have less... You know, I'm going to do this. That's not what God wants. And then that money is a whole other topic, right? But, but we won't go there. But it's, but it's a good one. That's a good one. Money is powerful. You know that you can use money and giving to bend your heart. To bend your heart in the right way. Lots of things that you can do with tools like that. But anyhow, that was not what I was going to say this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. But um, yeah, I just, um, before we kick off, uh, you know, we've been talking about possessing your land. I want to talk about possessing your land, and I spoke about this last week. Oh, by the way, um, I, I do want to mention this. Um, we, we're having that conversation that uh, Hans is coming here for uh Flowing in the Supernatural workshop, uh, a, sp- work, a spiritual gifts workshop, September 11th. Put it in your calendars. We start sub- that, Monday, that Sunday morning on September 11th. We'll do it Sunday evening through Wednesday evening. It's going to be powerful. It's going to be powerful. And not necessarily spectacular, but there will be spectacular things. I, you know what? I, I don't like spectacular. I, I've said it before many, many times. People will run past the supernatural looking for the spectacular. They did it in Jesus' day. And I'm telling you, if you're looking for the spectacular, you will miss what God is doing. Amen. You know, when we have uh, Healing You on Sunday evenings, there is a lot of super. We've seen a lot of people healed. Already, just because they're exposing themselves, they've been going regularly, they've been getting the Word, they've been getting the Word in their hearts, and guess what happens? Da-da-da-da things start working. Why? Because you're doing it, you're aligning your heart, your belief system with the way God says things are, and then suddenly people who have struggled to heal they have got healed. You know that your healing is not dependent on God. <laughs> it gets real quiet when I say that, but your, no healing is dependent on God. God doesn't have healing for some people and not others. Hmm. Let me see who's the lucky one today. Hmm. Who's got the biggest prayer chain? Anyone? Hmm. Okay. That's not how it works. And so when, but we have all these religious mindset. And so we need to be realigned. We need to repent, uh, get our, change our minds, change our thinking, start lining up with the, with the way that the God says things are. And then suddenly pink, you know, you're just having fun listening to the word and people are walking away healed Hey, nobody even prayed for me. I didn't even fall down. I didn't even feel anything. What's up with that? You see, but if you run to big meetings and the spectacular and the man, woo, and he's going to blow and he's going to do this and he's going to ch- do this, if that's what you're looking for, careful. Careful, because that's not how you can miss the supernatural looking for the spectacular. But every day you can receive and live in the supernatural if you want. And I'm telling you, if you need any, come to healing you. Things happen at healing you. Things happen. So I really appreciate Keith and Sue and Steve and Elise and our prayer ministers that really, dad, you got your hand up there. My dad, I've got to listen to my dad when he raises his hand. (laughs) Makeup. <laughs> What's makeup got to do with healing you? Oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my earthly dad and his humor. Ah, uh, tra- sorry. <laughs> ah, dad. Isn't he awesome? Yeah. Uh, uh. Uh. Yeah, makeup party. All the girls will be happy. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, no. But healing you is fantastic, and and, he, and and like I said, Hans's thing. Put it on the cards. If, if your calendar, um, you know, if you've got any funerals planned for that day, bump them out a little while. You know, just uh, just put them off for a while. You know, but um, yeah, God is good. So good. I oh, I tell you what. I I was, man, I am so moved by some of those songs we sang today. Man, a hundred billion creatures catch his breath. Man, isn't it beautiful? God of creation. If we just realize, sometimes you need to zoom out a few billion miles and see how awesome our Father is. and, And then we compare our little issue to the galaxies and we're like, you think this is hard for the Lord? We need we need a we need a paradigm and a perspective readjustment, right? Yeah, praise God. Um, anyhow, so as I was saying, um, I, I, last week we we spoke about we started uh, a, a couple parts to something, and, and really this is a phenomenal topic that I could carry on for a while as usual. But possessing your land is 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 a powerful truth. We we looked into um, I think it was in Corinthians ten, Second Corinthians ten, where it talks about. Was it 1 Corinthians 10? I even forget last week and I just blot my blocked out of my mind. But but where, where the Israelites and, and we are told that it was a lesson to us, that all of their experience to enter the land. These are things for our learning. We can look back. Uh, Israel didn't realize that at the time, but what was going to they their their journey from Egypt to the promised land was going to be was going to be a, a lesson to how we were going to, um, it, to experience our our kingdom, the kingdom of God. And and we touched on all those things. So I don't want to go into too much of that, but um, I wanted to get to to, to looking to why you know, they couldn't enter. And we touched on, on these things, but let's start in Numbers 13 verse 31. This is this is when the when the, the spies came back with the report. There were 12 spies, one from each tribe that went out that, that the Lord told Moses to go into the to, to the land and um, and find out and bring back fruit from the land and to give them a report of the land. So this is the report that came back. Um, then the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying, The land... The, um, through which we have gone to spy it out, is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people that we saw in it are of great height. And there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, who came from the Nephilim. And it seemed to ourselves that we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers, and so we seemed to them. So as we see that, yeah, well, we'll we'll touch on that in a bit. But carry on in verse 14, chapter 14. Then all the congregation Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before the assembly of the congregation of the people of Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, or I don't know how you want to say that one, who was among them, who spied out the land, tore their clothes and said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, The land which we passed through to spy out is is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, He will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Do not fear the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their protection is removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. So we see that that, um, that, was, the, that was the response of, of Caleb and Joshua they were like, "Please, let's do it. We can do it." They chose not to look at the giants, right? And they chose to look at the Word of God. And we see this as an example. And And um, let's look at Hebrews chapter three, verse seven to nineteen. Therefore, as the Spirit says, today, if you, hear your, sorry, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness, where your fathers put me to the test and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was provoked with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. And I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Now, this very carefully, verse 12 Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And to whom, in verse 18, I'm dropping down to 18. And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient, or impersuadable. I've told you about that. That word is is, epistēo, which means literally it could be translated disobedient, but it's also impersuadable. If you look it up in the Greek, they chose not to be persuaded by the evidence that they were listening to. So we see that they were unable to enter because of their unbelief. Now it says in chapter four, I want to read this as well. Just carry on there. Therefore, While the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear, lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. For we who have believed enter that rest just as he had said. Now I want to drop down to verse 2. Just put a pin in it. Let's look at the Amplified of verse 2. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2 in the Amplified. For indeed, we have the good news of salvation preached to us, just as the Israelites also, when the good news of the promised land came to them. But the message they heard did not benefit them because it was not united with faith in God by those who heard. Now, or in the, it was the King James version. It was in King James and a number of others that said they did not take the truth of the word and mix it with faith. Okay, so that's why it did not benefit them. So then it says in verse uh, in verse three. We who have believed enter the rest, just as he swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. Now I want to drop down to verse 6. Therefore, it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience. Um, and then he says in verse 7 again, he appoints a certain day today, saying through David, and not so long afterwards, in the words already quoted, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden his hearts. Now, I know many of you have heard this before. You remember the scripture. You remember the basic story. But there is so many lessons that we can derive out of this. And I just needed to, to get that on the table because there's a couple of references to these scriptures. One is in, um, in, in, in Psalm 95, verse 10. For forty years I loathed that generation and said, They are a people who go astray in their heart, and they have not known my ways. Sound familiar? Psalm 106, 24. Then they despised the pleasant land, having no faith in his promise. Having no faith in his promise. Because, and then in, in Psalm 78:22, because they did not believe in God and did not trust in His saving power. So, okay. We established last week that not every believer is a disciple. Not every believer can lay hold of the promises that are legally theirs. That's remarkable. That's remarkable. You see, we have been given, by grace, a promise that is ours to take. And it doesn't matter what that promise is. That promise could be healing. That promise could be wellness and wholeness. All the things that we know of the benefits of God. We don't forget His benefits. All of these promises have been given to us. But it's up to us if we will enter our land to possess that promise the promise of entering and so it says in hebrews chapter 3 and 4 teaches this thing they failed to enter it because they their gospel their good news they did they heard it but they failed to be persuaded about what god's word was versus what their eyes were seeing the evil report was these guys have giants right there's giants in the land so you we are unable to come there's giants there we can't win Each of us, like them, are presented with two forms of evidence. We are presented with the evidence that God gives us. His word says it one way, and then we present it by what our eyes give us, or our physical senses give us, or the doctor in the chair opposite you gives you, or your bank account, or the pain in your leg or back or eye or whatever it is gives you. There's, you see, there's evidence that is in this world that we can look at, and it may be very practical. There are giants. But will we allow ourselves to be persuaded by what kind of evidence? Yeah. Because God is saying, you are well able. Yeah. Yeah. You can go into the land. Yeah. You are. I am with you. I am going to give you the victory. I will be with you. Yeah. You see... We've got to realize this is, we're not alone in this. Amen. We always do this on alone. We always think, ah, oh, it's me against the world. I'm alone. If you feel alone, you are in unbelief. Yep. Because you do not simply believe the simple truth that God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. It's a simple truth. But you see, when we present it with scriptural truth, we have a choice, no matter what it is. Am I going to believe what evidence? This is what the world says. This is what the movies tell me. This is what Fox News tells me or any other news channel. This is what any news or you choose to believe God's way. And so a believer, a disciple, one who abides in the Word of God, one who keeps his... That is the one who is going to ultimately allow their eyes, their heart, you know, be re- their minds to be renewed. We've spoken about this before many times, right? You know, We're going to walk the process of putting off the old man, renewing our mind, and putting on the new man. And that's a process of getting our eyes and our heart on the right stuff. But we're in a world, people... We're not talking about this weird Christian science denial kind of stuff. There are real giants. There are real diagnoses. Cancer is a real thing. But I don't care. It's not a big thing. You see, as long as you walk with the evidence, your emotions will follow the evidence that you are most established in. In other words, if you are fearful... Guess what that tells you? The, your little barometer is going crazy, like fear, 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 fear. Because it's like, should you fear? No, 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 no. You're, you shouldn't fear. We don't have to fear. Fear not. Fear, fear. We're not told to fear. We do not have to live in fear. We can give, live in peace. We know how to live in fear. But, it's, but the emotion, the barometer that's going crazy, the, the, the temperature gaze, the thermometer that's telling you you should fear, is beca- let it be a warning to you, Bing, I'm looking at the wrong evidence. If a doctor says to you, listen, XYZ, we heard Mel tell their story about their daughter who had a bad report, but she was ready because she had gone to Bible school and she knew, she knew how to respond because she had invested in her heart. She had learned to swim before the Titanic was sinking. As my illustration. It's really tough to learn to swim when the Titanic is sinking. It's possible, but it's hard. The time to learn to swim, the time to get your heart established, is before the poop hits the fan. Did I say that? Sorry. Really? Jesus said that would happen. Life is coming at you, it's coming to all of us. And man, we can just have, we could spend weeks just taking testimonies about stuff. But the choice is that if you. <laughs> If we want to get out of this and learn to surf above the circumstances and learn to have victory and possess our land, then we have to learn the simple principles. We have to persuade ourselves of what kind of evidence that we're going to dwell in. Again, I'm going to say emotions and, and feelings, and, and I mean, I define them a little differently. The more you, you study them, I don't know, it's, it's, it's not scriptural. We can't go into a whole bunch of things, but, but feelings come and go, right? You can feel up and down today or tomorrow. You can feel one way because you saw a movie, you see or saw a scary movie, or you saw this, and, or you heard whatever, and your feelings can be here, and then your feelings can be there, and your feelings can be here, and your feelings can be here. So feelings come and go. You know, or, or you could say it the other way, emotions, depending on how we want it, your emotions can come and go. They can be sort of a bit of a yo-yo. That's, I don't think we need to live our lives like yo-yo. God has called us to be stable, now, listen, all of us should be on a journey towards more stability. If you've walked with the Lord a long time and you're still a yo-yo, then you need to, you need to adjust. You are not loved any less. Right? We say that 10 million times. You are not loved any less, but you can have a, you can lay hold of, in, of your inheritance and experience the benefits that Jesus gave us. So when you see your emotions doing this, what is your heart? What are your eyes looking at? What are your ears hearing? Where are you putting your ears and eyes? Sometimes it's a person. Sometimes it's a person you can walk away from. Sometimes it's not a person you can walk away from. But can you recognize it? Yes, you can. You can say to the Lord, Holy Spirit, you can say, Holy Spirit, what am I listening to? What am I hearing? What am I exposing myself to? You see, now, what we can do is we can do a temporary fix. And I love temporary fixes. Temporary fixes are great because they bring temporary peace. But we can work towards a stable peace that puts you in the bow of the boat even in the midst of the storm. That when the next thing comes, you're not going to fluctuate. There's a difference. There's the temporary... That's cool because that just like gives you a reprieve. It's nice to have a break. But understand this, the temporary fix is not a long-term fix. How many of you have learned that one? So you can learn, okay, how do I get a... a, But what happens is if you only live in the temporary fix where you just quickly look at the scripture and you quickly get a word of encouragement and you quickly have Joe or Steve or somebody pray for you or whatever the case is and you get a quick fix then what you think is, okay, well, it's fixed now. I can carry on with my life. And you don't get your heart established in truth. You don't change your beliefs. You don't, because that's, you've heard me say it so many times, when you get your heart established in truth, that's when those long-term feelings become more stable. That's when the DNA of your belief system, so to speak, keeps you at a stable level. Because Suddenly, it's not got this weird belief system like, I'm gonna die. This, I'm gonna get sick. I'm gonna this, or this, whatever is going on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna go poor because of this. And it's like, no, I your belief, your heart won't let it go there because you've established your heart. But to fix your heart is work, yes. right. work not in the bad sense, effort. If, if you feel like it's more important to invest in sports and you're watching football, and I'm not against football lest any of you think I'm not, or any sport, I'm not against anything like that. It's like, I'm not against TV, I'm not against anything. It's, it's about, is, are you allowing, we've all got 24 hours in the day, people. You choose how to spend your 24 hours. You can choose if you want a stable life to, to adjust your life and invest in your life so you can get your belief system established. When your belief system is established, when your heart is at peace, then your emotions won't be so easy bumped Yes, they may go up like this or, or down like this, but they'll come back. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> they'll come back. And we do that the other way. But what you, if you're a yo-yo, you know what I mean? When, hey, yo, I don't know why, it's God's fault, it's the devil's fault, it's like this and that, it's God's fault, it's the devil's fault. But, you know, we go up and down. And then we're actually, our belief system hasn't been established in the truth of God's word, in all the truths that he gives us that sets us free. Jesus said, you will When you know my word, you abide in my word, live in my word, see my word, keep your evidence coming from my word, then you will know, know, not know, know the truth, and the truth will set you free, right? But it's up to us. How are we going to cut up our 24-hour orange? I don't like that, Shannon. I just want to come into church and tell me I'm loved and I want to go home again. that's fine. You are loved. You can go home and know that you're loved. But when you go through life, this or this or this or this, then just remember this. (laughs) Jesus said that. He said the storms of life will come. Remember, he hears these words and puts them into practice is like a man who built his house on the rock. And when the wind and waves came, his his house was firm. That's how Jesus taught that. Or you can just have your house washed away again and again and again. 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 This time, this time. There was, a, there was that movie I saw, sort of, I, I get a kick out of it. Remember, it was, a, it was called the Bee Movie. Jerry Seinfeld was the voice of the Bee. Remember? And, and, and he was the Bee, and he, it was, I, I love them. Uh, there were certain scenes in the movie that I just got a big kick out of it. But I, there was that one scene where the Bee was hitting a window. He was hitting the window. He was going, this time, this time, this time, this time, this time. And I was like, I recognize that. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to work this time sometimes it does. Sometimes you find an open window and you get out. Now I know what the formula is. Just hit the window 25, 35, 65 times, and eventually it works. That's the formula. No. <laughs> Amen. So, so we see in Hebrews 3 and 4, using this example of the spies, it says that they they chose not to, they did not, they refused, they, they, they allowed their hearts to get hardened. <sighs> Guys, let me just tell you this about a hardened heart. I, because I felt, that I felt the compassion of God for hardened hearts. We, have, we can all let our hearts get hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Yeah, so we all have issues with sin to different degrees. We shouldn't. There are ways not to. But we have, and what happens when we play around with sin is it hardens your heart. That is very, very, very dangerous. And a hardened heart, God can't. I mean, God can't even speak to. God can be talking, but you're not hearing because it's like callous. It's like having your ears full of wax. Because your heart is so hardened, right? So, with, with a, but God's heart, God's heart for you. For, for me, for each living person, is not to have a hardened heart, to be sensitive, to hear him, to be persuadable. Yes. Are we easily persuadable? Are, that's one big question that we need to ask ourselves, am I easily persuadable to truth? Will I focus on truth? Will I point my eyes and ears towards the good evidence? Because when your eyes and ears are persuaded of good evidence and you become established in good evidence, you know what the Bible calls that? Faith. That's all it is. That's what faith means. Faith is once you have become persuaded of the good evidence. You've become... Now, it's not just, like I said last week... It's not being persuaded in just Scripture. It's using those Scriptures like my ball that I often bring out. It's all of those Scriptures point to a part of the character and nature of God. So when you get to know that each Scripture is just another angle, another facet, another point of revealing this awesome God... We see Him in a better and better and clearer and clearer way. And we know and know His character. And then when we know His character, we're established in this God who calls Himself Healer. And we know that He is faithful because His name is faithful. You know, we know these things aren't just information that flies by, one little bit of evidence that flies by. Now I know that He is faithful. Now I know that He cannot be unfaithful. Now I know that I can never be alone. Now I know that I am the healed of God, or whatever truth becomes established that keeps my emotions here. You wonder, look at these apostles, and you hear these stories of these martyrs that, you know, or even Hebrews 11 talks about them, how they could have suffered such great things and it didn't seem to bother them. Or, you know, you ask yourself the question how could Paul be so at peace by going to Jerusalem, know that he was going to be put in chains and go, you know, in, you know but it's like, you know, when you when you get these things established, it's like <laughs> it's like that knowledge of the kingdom, Jesus put it this way, becomes a tree that takes over the whole garden. It, 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 it becomes such an overwhelming truth of of reality to you that the matrix that you're living in, if any of you know the movie, the matrix that you're living in, the view and opinion that you're seeing is now so aligned with God that you're seeing things as they really are, so it doesn't matter to you if you were in jail or if they were going to kill you because you are so established in truth that you know you're God. You can be like the three Hebrew boys. I don't care if you say this. We're not going to bow down to you. We'll. I mean, that is stability, people, and those were boys, yes. just so you know. They were firmly established in their reality, the true reality. Amen. So anyhow, the, the 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 process that we walk through, and 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 I, I do want to get to these, but I, what all I want to let you know and finish off with this point, I'll, I, because I don't want to go into too much more information, overload you here. But but know that you're not in this alone. The Holy Spirit is our helper, 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 helper. not doer. Helper. You're the doer. He's the helper. Chew on that for a while. When you realize that you cannot dispatch God to do stuff for you, I know that flies in the face of religion. Because they tell you you can get God to do stuff for you. And you've got to understand what I'm saying here. I know I'm opening a little bit of a can here, Pandora's box a little bit. But the truth of the matter is that Jesus put us in it. You've you've heard me say that Christ in me, the hope of glory, we're it. We're the extension. God operates in and through His body. We are His agents. We are His ambassadors on this earth. If we don't understand that, then we keep asking God to go and do stuff for us while we sit watching football or pleasure or whatever. And we say, well, well don't worry, I, I had a prayer meeting. I asked God to do this. That's not what prayer is. Prayer is not asking God for stuff. Prayer is getting your heart persuaded. Prayer is, is, an, is a lifestyle of intimacy where you get to know these things, get your heart established. That happens in an environment. I, I almost like to call prayer an environment. It's, it's, it's an intimate environment with your God. It's an intimate time of where you, when you're hanging out with your Lord. That's what is prayer. But you know what religion has done? Prayer is when you walk in, light a candle, and then ask God for stuff. And then when He does or doesn't, not my problem because God didn't do it. I guess He just didn't want to. He wasn't feeling like it that day. God does not work like that. And I, and I know that I'm, I'm challenging some mindsets here. But if you stick with me and stay with us, it will make sense. If you want truth, truth will set you free. Hallelujah. Amen. But you and I are the doers. Yes, that's right. He is our helper. How does the Holy Spirit, I'm not going to go into this and we can talk more. We, we, it's so important. The Holy Spirit, how does He help you when you know how to hear Him? He protects you. How does He protect you? By having a, a magic shield that the, that, that the rocks are going to literally bounce off this force field. No, no. He says, don't walk down the road where the rocks are falling. Don't do that. Do this. Invest your money here. Don't invest your money there. Don't click on that email. <laughs> I mean, it's, that's a real danger nowadays. Oops. Oh, my gosh. I just deleted my life. <laughs> Is it FBO? I don't know. You know, it's like, but I mean, how many people have, how many of you have lost money through the internet? A bunch of you. I've heard some stories. But you know that I believe without a shadow of a doubt, the shepherd is leading us always. He is leading us. And so we, as we learn to be sensitive, the Holy Spirit, how does he protect us? Do this. Don't do this. Prepare for the future. There's things that the Holy Spirit tells you now that you have no idea why until 35 years from now. And then 35 years from now, you're going to have a revelation and you're going to hear, oh, if you did it, if you did it. Otherwise, you'll go, oh. (laughs) God is always trying to lead us in the paths of righteousness. They did not know His ways. They don't know how He operates. They don't know His... You know when God. When you know the ways of God, you don't need to have a supernatural voice speaking to you. How do you know? Because you know His ways. Exactly. Yep. You know how He's going to say. Yeah. You know what He's going to operate. You know that He's His integrity. You know He has honesty. You're not going to cheat on your tax form or pick up somebody else's thing or take the credit for somebody else's work project. Because you know that you don't need to, you know... You know, some people, some, you know, Christians will, oh, look how God blessed me. I've got all this work just done for me. I'll take the credit for it. People, you know, that's dishonest, whatever it is. You know, we, we become too easy with stuff like that. Now, does that stuff make us righteous or non-righteous? No, but I'm just saying that, that, that He leads us in the way of, of righteousness. When, when, when God, when the Holy Spirit shows us and we align ourselves and, and we walk with Him, the helper, the comforter, all of those benefits just keep getting loaded on us. Amen. Anyhow, I just wanted to just say that in the, as a closing because that, that Holy Spirit is really just our, He is our helper. He is a he is give, he does give us ability he does give us dunamis. they are there is an ability when we when we speak about the gifts we will unpack those because there are revelation gifts but there are also power gifts and so there are things that that I'm, we're not going to ignore they are power gifts they are supernatural power gifts they are faith healing miracles they are things that God will use you to do for others and others to do for you etc so all of those are parts of the gifts of the spirit amen But we don't do this without the Holy Spirit. We can. We can. But exactly, we just live a life in the flesh. And we won't achieve and get what we want to achieve and get. Amen. Um, I, I wanted a quick... David, do you mind giving... Where's David? Is David around here? Do you mind giving a quick testimony about what happened in your heart when the Holy Spirit... Do you mind doing that right now? Sure, he's like super excited about that. Let's uh, come up a sec. I, I just remember this is just a fresh one to me because he said it again this last week to me, and I was like I was like, yeah, like, you know what? That's come 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 up share just share with folks, just just to, just briefly. Your testimony, your experience, what happened when. You got filled with the Holy Spirit. Sorry, I don't want to put you on the place. No, I'm not on the spot at
1: all here. <laughs> I just remember I was telling Shannon the other day, if this is what he's referring to, that I read the Word a lot. I spent a lot of time reading verses in the Bible. And when I accepted the Holy Spirit and was baptized with the Holy Spirit, I just suddenly, I always pray before I read the Word. And I just started understanding things. It's like I had a brand new Bible. The Holy Spirit was speaking to me through the Word in a way he never had. And it's just, I've just taken off with that. I always pray that the Holy Spirit will make clear what I'm reading and speak to me. And He has ever since then. And And so before
0: that, how long had you been in church or reading your Bible or whatever you want to say? Since 1971.
1: So it was information versus heart. I started taking it all in and it started changing my life because I I got it. Mm. I didn't just know it, I got it.
0: Yeah, I love that example because the Holy Spirit is our helper. You see, we try in our own ability and try and understand and intellectualize and be cranial about the Word of God. And then you get filled with the Holy Spirit, and then He helps.
1: Yeah, and I feel Him in me now. You know, He's just always here. You know, and He's never left me. Since I was baptized with the Holy Spirit, He's always been here. I've always felt Him in my life.
0: Thank you, my brother. Appreciate that. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. You know, and I know many of you, many of you have had that experience, and, and I, I've heard it many times, and I know that was certainly my experience, and I'm sure yours, but, but that's why the gift of the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, don't leave Jerusalem, receive the Holy Spirit. And, and so once we're born again, once you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that's the start of our journey, and, and it is so important to receive um, the Holy Spirit in, in, in your lives. And, and so I just wanted to finish there today. Um, I do want to do one, but we have a special program next su- uh, Sunday um, because of our launch. So, but I do want to, as I said, I wanna, I've got some practical things, some practical um, elements that we can get our hearts persuaded and that can, can start getting us sort of pillars in, in if that's the right word, of, of, of getting our hearts established to, to lay hold of our inheritance. But we'll do probably the week after next. So um, anyhow, I, I believe that, uh, let me just say this. If, if you have not either been born again, received, made Jesus Lord of your life, where you've said, listen, and that, you know what that means? That means saying, you know what, my way hasn't worked for me. I'm going to follow His way. I'm going to listen to Him. I'm going to prioritize His word. That's making Him Lord of your life. He is Savior and, and when you, you, it says, when you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. And so if you've never done that, then please come up and speak to our prayer ministers as we, as we wrap up. And if you have never taken that next step and been filled with the Holy Spirit, and you want to talk to somebody about it, then talk to these guys. We've got an awesome book here to send you. If, you, if you're ready or if you've not heard about it and you want some teaching on it, we'll, they will minister to you, give you a book to take home, study the book. Um, and, and get ready, get your heart persuaded of some of these truths um, because it really is a starting place. Online too. If you're online with us, um, you can just text the text in church name for both prayer. And if you don't if you don't have that book, you can just write over there and and inquire about it and somebody will be in touch with you and and ask you, um, and you know we'll we'll be in touch with you and, and speak to you about it. So amen. Amen T.